Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Hey, everybody. How you everyone doing? This is Joaquin Hawkins, uh, CD. Man, we got a lot to talk about today, man. The, the Rockets, obviously, their season's over with. Uh, Dan Tony, he's out of the door, and uh, it's just uh, going to be something to talk about. Uh, what's next for the Rockets? Yes, sir. Dan, Tony, as you mentioned, is out the door. You know, like you said, we have a lot to talk about. And of course, that's the first thing we're going to talk, get into today. Of course, later on, we're going to um, just do a quick recap of the Rockets and Lakers Western Conference semifinal series. As everyone know, they have been eliminated. There was a lot that went on this series from small ball to the Daniel House saga. So there's a lot, you know, we have to discuss today because, boy, um, this Houston Rockets team is going to look a hell of a lot different when we see them again, hopefully on Christmas Day in December. But as you guys know, on yesterday, Mike D'Antoni and the Houston Rockets decided to part ways. And surprisingly, well, it wasn't surprising that D'Antoni left. But what is what was surprising is the fact that D'Antoni actually informed the Houston Rockets that he would not be returning, which I was really, really surprised by that because after they lost um, game five against the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday, Dan Tony claimed that everything was good on his end and he would like to return. And then on yesterday, matter of fact, 12 hours later, um, he informed the Rockets that he would not be returning. So, Hulk, I'm going to start with you and I'm going to give my two cents a little bit later. But how do you feel about knowing that Mike Dan Tony is out as the head coach of the Houston Rockets? Well, I think it's bittersweet. Um, I think he's definitely proven that obviously he can, he can coach at that level. Um, and the the fact that uh, he has put in a system that is, you know, not normal. It's, it's not the, the norm of, of small ball having five players, six, six and under, you know, start and uh, and pretty much um, be effective with that. So, I mean, I think it's, it's bittersweet. You know, at the end of the day, you know, this is the NBA. And, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised because so many things do, do happen on the spur of the moment. Um, he's obviously an excellent coach and it seems like right now, uh, the 76ers, uh, have their eye on him. I don't know if they're in, in talks right now. Um, but you know, I, I think even if he was to try to stay, uh, they would have to change up, uh, some things to be more of a traditional basketball team, you know, have a few bigs, uh, and, and just be able to have that versatility because I think that at the end of the day, that's what hurt them. Um, personally, I think that the, the situation with house, I think that also, Hurt it them because um, he was playing well, obviously, the first game, and he's been playing well uh, in the playoffs. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, a, a personal situation like that uh, happened uh, in the middle of a, of a pandemic, in the middle of being in a bubble, in the middle of, of, uh, of the most important playoff series probably uh, in his life. Um, but for that to happen, it just, it's just unfortunate. And, um, you know, all we can do is just hope the best, hope for the best for the Rockets and, and, and really 
see where what direction they're going to go in now. I mean, they have to get a coach. They have to maybe change up their rock the roster um, some just so they can be more of a, um, a basketball team that could be more versatile in this day and age. So um, yeah, man, I, I just what can I say, man? The, the saga continues. This is like a uh, like a soap opera, <laughs> but it's uh, it's an entertaining. And um, I just I, I wish the uh, Dan Tony the, the the best. I think he's did a, a fantastic job with the Rockets, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who um, who they replace him with. Yeah, man. You know, I agree with you. First and foremost, I hope I wish Dan Tony nothing but the best. I mean, he had a pretty a pretty solid four good years here with the Houston Rockets. But Hawk, let me be honest with you, man. This is the reason why I never wanted Dan Tony to become the coach of the Houston Rockets, and I have nothing against Dan Tony. But me personally, I feel that he is a type of coach where. First and foremost, I, I've been noticing this ever since he was in Phoenix. And I guarantee you, if he would have done one of these things, rather he was in Phoenix, New, well, probably not New York, but Phoenix or Houston, he might would have a championship. And I just don't understand Dan Tony's philosophy, but he doesn't like to make no kind of adjustments. And that's what has hurt this team every single year in the playoffs. He never makes adjustments, and I don't understand why. If you see your team missing 27 straight three-pointers, why not change the why not change your style of play for that game? Why not make any kind of adjustments? You know, looking at this series, this is the main reason why I say a small ball would not work. Because yes, it was fun. Yes, it was very entertaining to watch. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that I was concerned about is when you go up against the oh. Lakers, when you go up against the Clippers, hell, you go up against anybody in the playoffs. And we basically saw it with the Thunders. After game one, they're going to make adjustments. And, Hawk, you know this much and a hell of a lot more than I would. You, as an opposing team, you have seven, basically almost seven opportunities to beat, to get four wins and move on to the next round. It 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 always concerned me how he how the Rockets really thought that this small ball was going to work when I don't think they took into consideration that teams actually make adjustments heading into the next game. And that's exactly what the Los Angeles Lakers did. The Rockets came out, smacked them in the mountain game one. LeBron James said it in his press conference. Now we have some footage, we have films, we're actually going to make some adjustments. And they did it. After game two, the Rockets never made no kind of adjustments, and that's what made me really mad about Dan Tony. Another thing that made me mad about Dan Tony, the way he defended the small ball play, talking about how it always worked for Golden State over the past couple of years. I always wanted to tell Dan Tony, of course mm -hmm. it will work for them because they had Kevin Durant Indeed. and Steph Curry and Klay right. Thompson. Anything will work for that team. And that was was really frustrating to me about Dan Tony, man. And that's what I didn't like about him is the fact that he did not make no kind of adjustments, no matter the series, no matter the opponent, no matter, it didn't matter what it was. He never made adjustments. And that is why the Houston Rockets are in the predicament that they are in today. And to be honest with you, Hall, this might be the worst predicament that I've ever seen the Houston Rockets in. And I've been watching it ever since you was balling with the team back in 2003. I'm going to give you the floor really quick, but let me just say this. Yeah. At first, I was actually on board that it might be best for D'Antoni to come back. Because when you take a look at this team, 
only he can coach this team. True. Now Dan Tony is gone. Any coach that comes in, first and foremost, they're going to want some kind of big. But my next problem is, how do you go about getting that? You have no draft picks. James Harden and Russell Westbrook themselves are making somewhere close to over 80 some million dollars next season. You don't have no cash base. The only trade asset that you possibly do have is Robert Covington. Maybe Eric Gordon depends on his how a team might view his health, but he's on a big contract. Like, I don't see the Rockets in a position where they can actually go out and get better. What can this team do? And honestly, Hawk. You know, at first I was saying, if you get rid of Mike D'Antoni, just hit the reset button and get rid of everybody. James Harden and Russ, everybody on their roster, bring in a new GM. I kind of feel like that's what the Houston Rockets are going to have to do at this point. Because I don't see a situation where they can use what they got and get better. Hopefully I'm wrong because, you know, I'm a reporter, I'm an analyst, but I'm still a fan of this team. Hopefully I'm wrong, but. I don't see a situation where they're going to get better from this. I, I, I really don't. You know, there are a, a small handful of can, candidates I would like to see the Rockets go out and get. I'm going to talk about them a little bit later. But, you know, I know from the reports and everything that I've read, it seems like it was Dan Tony's decision to, to, to lead his team. But I'm not too sure that any coach that they bring in is going to be able to use what Dan Tony left behind. Well, CD, man, I, I think you hit it around the head, man. Um, they're going to have to definitely, it's going to have to be a small rebuild um, and starting with obviously building around Russ and, and James again. Uh, I think they're really going to have to take a, a look into free agency to see who's out there. Uh, they may have to go to the G League. I mean, it, it's they're going to have to definitely have some inside play, some somebody with some experience if they, uh, especially inside, somebody with some experience on the inside, if they do decide to move forward with the rock, roster they have right now. Um, I don't see it. Um, obviously, they tried it. And as you said, with, without um, Dan, Man, Mike um, D'Antoni coaching this team, who can coach small ball? There's not other, any other teams out there that are doing it right now. So it, it's going to have to be a small rebuild from the players, uh, a small rebuild from the coaching staff. Um, and so they they definitely will have to go a different direction and uh and really start again start to, to, to play the type of basketball that we all know the lakers have two bigs even though they don't play sometimes they don't play both of their bigs at the same time or maybe then you know like in this series uh the white howard didn't play as much but they have that versatility with their roster that's what the rockets have to do they have to have more versatility with their roster or they're going to be right right back to square one not even making the playoffs and that's the biggest problem. Well, one of the biggest problems I have with this potential rebuild, especially when you're still trying to stick with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, you mentioned that they need to find, they need to like stick with the interior and 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 get like a big man or who or whoever that they might be comfortable with or, or, or you know be comfortable with their system. They had that. His name was Isaiah Hardenstein, and they let him go. They had a better version than that by the name of Clint Capella. They let him go, and. They don't have cash space to go after nobody in free agency. Maybe, you know, if Ben McLemore or Austin Rivers, I believe their contracts are up. Even if they walk out the door, that might free up maybe $5 million. That might be a stretch. 
This team has no cash space. This team has no trade assets. This team really has nothing. And it's so frustrating because I've always felt this way, Hawk. And and, and it goes back to the Mike D'Antoni situation. I've always felt if he would have just made just one simple adjustment, at any point of his of any point of his run in Houston, I do believe the Rockets would have had a championship. And I'm and I'm not even talking about just 2018 and when they when they missed 27 straight threes in game seven. I mean, hell, I go back to game six when it was up by like 14 points heading into the second half. And right. Dan Tony still didn't want to make no adjustments. 2019, you're playing Golden State Warriors in your home arena without Kevin Durant. I understand that the Warriors was better before KD, and they're going to be better after KD. But still, they were still injured. They were still wounded. You had Steph Curry, no points in the first half. You make no adjustments, and then you lose. And it's the same thing this year, but it's kind of 10 times worse because Everybody just went all in on this micro ball, small ball nonsense. Hulk, I really don't know what's about to happen with this team. It's going to be a very interesting offseason. I truly do feel like this. I might be wrong, but come December, whenever the season kicks off again, and James Harden and Russell on this team, especially if they're on this team together, mm. I would think it, it I, at this point, I think it might be a miracle for that to happen because. If you want to win with James, if, you, if the franchise, the owner, you know, if they still want James Harden to be that centerpiece that they're going to continue trying to build around. I I don't want to see this happen, but you're going to have to trade Russell Westbrook at this point. And then to be honest, I don't even know what you can get for Russ at this point because he's getting up there in age. He's he's not healthy. We're going to talk about his health a little bit later, but I, I mean, it's it's frustrating, Hulk. It's it's truly frustrating, man. Right. Well, man, th- this is this is why they get paid the big bucks, man. <laughs> We're fans of the game. We're analysts, um, you know, but it, it's going to be up to them to to show not only their their fans, but just their organization that they can bounce back from this. Um, very inspiring to see that they made the playoffs with the roster they did have. Very inspiring to see that, again, they did everything untraditionally. Uh, but we got to be realistic. We already know that now we, we know for sure it, it doesn't work. It didn't work at all. Um, so yeah, with, with Dan Tony out, out of, out of, out of the, uh, the picture now, uh, they got to start with getting a, uh, a coach with some experience, um, so that he can start to, to build this roster so that this team can, you know, not just have a chance to make the playoffs, but try to advance. Uh, they got some work to do, man. They got some work to do. As we all know, the Houston Rockets fell to the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday night, ending their postseason run. And, Hulk, there are so many fingers that you can point to. I mean, you could point to Russell Westbrook, which, I mean, he clarified my theory that I had with him. I don't think Russell Westbrook was ever 100% healthy during this whole entire postseason. Um you know, when you look back at how good he was playing before the pandemic hit, you have a four four a four month layoff. He said he was working out and everything. Then he unfortunately got diagnosed with the coronavirus, couldn't work out for about two, three weeks, came back, rushed right into the game, injured his quad. I know that quad was 
hurting him a lot. But I mean, that still doesn't take away the fact a lot of the lack of it still doesn't take away, you know, the, how bad Russell Westbrook played for the majority of this postseason run. You know, you can talk about Ben McLemore, Austin Rivers, even Jeff Green towards the end, how the way they never really looked comfortable, not comfortable, how the way they never really found their mojo. But once again, that goes back to Mike D'Antoni, how the way he never dug, dug into his bench during the postseason. Um, and then you also got to, which brings back to my other point, you know, you have to take a look at Mike D'Antoni, you know, everything that I said in the first segment, how the way he never made adjustments or whatever. But I think what hurt this team the most is the bogus foolishness that Daniel House pulled off. Absolutely. <laughs> I I honestly don't understand, man. You know, I think it's more to this story. And on, on, on one side of me, I honestly do feel bad for Daniel House because here's a guy, the very first day of media day, Daniel House was talking. And from media day all the way up until probably one day last week or week before last, Daniel House talked about how much he felt he disappointed his teammates last postseason because he was dealing with a toe injury. And every time Dan Tony tried to play him, he couldn't really give 100% of himself on the court and he felt limited. And he said that bugged him a lot all offseason. He said he worked his tail off and everything, and he said he was using that postseason fuel to make sure that this playoff this playoff season, he does not disappoint his team again. And he, he told that story literally less than two weeks ago. It was crazy last Monday, because I think all this started on Tuesday. Last Monday, during the Rockets' media availability, Mike D'Antoni and everybody was singing the praises of Daniel House talking about Mike D'Antoni actually just said that Daniel House is turning into one of the best three and D players in the league. PJ Tucker, Austin Rivers was talking about how important he is. And then Daniel House himself said, you know, people been sleeping on me. And then less than eight hours later, <laughs> we get hit by the news that he broke some kind of violation and he couldn't play no more for the rest of this series. Taking that, ever since that incident happened, looking at Mike D'Antoni during his press conference, talking to these guys, and every time you bring up that situation with Daniel House, that did something to this team. And it showed not only in the press conference, but it showed most importantly on that court. Because taking away Daniel House really hurt this team. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I was disappointed myself. And and part of the reason why I did, I actually picked the Rockets to win in seven, uh, even though I'm from L.A., even mm-hmm. though I'm from California, um, you know, but I, I had that much faith that they can they could really do what was needed. And that was to make it hard for the Lakers each and every game uh, because of the ma- ma- uh, matchup problems that they will have. But Man, I gotta say, man, this is it's disappointing to hear because you know you're supposed to be a professional. Um, this is this is this is how you make a living, and you know you're you're, you're repping an organization that's that's paying you big money. And uh, again, I don't know the the whole situation of what was done, but why it was done, it was just the wrong thing to do. And I agree, man. I think it it deflated uh, the Rockets. Uh, it definitely deflated me because <laughs> I was for sure. 
thinking that the Rockets will at least take it to six, um, six games. But yeah, man, I mean, he played well. The second game, I think he had with 13.5 rebounds. It was energetic. Um, even though they lost that, that second game, it, it just showed that um, he was a big part of the Rockets and, and how they play. And not having him, not just not having him on the court, but just the situation in itself, uh, I think it it made the Rockets feel a certain way. And they they just, again, they lost their mojo ever since game one. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate to see that happen to someone in that, in that manner. Yes, and, you know, with the Rockets' loss, I mean, I mean, just look, listen to these numbers. You know, there you are, House, this postseason. This is what the Rockets was missing, an additional 12 points because that's what he averaged. A guy who shot over 35%, close to 30, 36% from behind the arc, five to six rebounds, and, of course, just his presence on the floor as a defensive player and size. That's what the Rockets was missing. And like I said, man, when Daniel House, whatever foolishness he did, and I mean, he got some personal issues probably even that goes deeper than what the Houston, what the, you know, just, you know, how much he made the Houston Rockets mad. But um, it, it, it's, it, it was very embarrassing. And I think that's what hurt the Houston Rockets more than anything. Um, but going back to Russell Westbrook, oh, man, I mean, Westbrook played – Oh my God, Westbrook played played terrible, man. You know, but he wasn't healthy. But another thing that I believe hurt the Rockets was defense. I don't know what changed between game. I'm gonna say from game three to game five because game two we saw it a little bit. But I mean, I knew the Lakers wasn't gonna lose. I mean, they did have a lead going into the fourth quarter, but Bron LeBron James just went Bron mode in the fourth quarter. You know great a phenomenal player there's nothing you can do once he get into a situation like that but what bugged me the most is how to fact every single game after game two the Rockets let the others beat them they let role players beat them first it was Markeith Morris then it was uh Alice Caruso my god how do you let Alice Caruso come off the bench and light you up for 18 what 16 18 points that doesn't make sense and then Rajon Rondo you could call him a Hall of Famer. You could call him this. You could call him that. He is not the Rajon Rondo that he was 10 years ago with the Boston Celtics, but he sure looked like that against the Rockets. Do you know that Houston let this man come off the bench and get 18 points and 10 rebounds against them in game four? I was actually more frustrated. Look, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, they're going to get theirs, but you cannot let a guy like Morris Alice Caruso and Rajon Rondo come off the bench and create havoc on you like that. There is no way, shape, and form that should happen. Well, I, I think that is what a championship team is about. Having those others, um, you know, come through when you need them. And uh, as much as we talked about at the beginning of the series that we need the, the Rockets to, to, to show what they can do outside of, of Harden and, and Westbrook. Um, I mean, the Lakers took it to a whole nother level. I mean, they had Bron and AD doing their thing, but you say Caruso, uh, I mean, you even had, um, what's, what's the, the, the new kid from the Lakers? Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh, right the now. rookie. But I he even came off, yeah. He even came off the bench and, and gave him a spark the last two games. And so, you know, again, championship teams are, are built, not just, having a strong starting five. You got to have a bench and you got to have a bench that's ready. So when their time is called, they can come in 
And that's exactly what the Rock, what the, the Lakers did and some against the Rockets. And so it, I'm, I'm sure the, the Rockets are, are scratching their head and, and, and trying to figure out what went, on, what went wrong. But what went wrong is that the Lakers woke up and they knew that they had the advantage. And um, again, I got to credit the Lakers just because of the way their roster is constructed. Um, I know personally I've been on them because they haven't been uh, the defensive team that I thought they could be, you know, throughout the season. But they showed did it the, the last three to four day four uh, four, ga- uh, four games. They showed that they defense can can really raise up and and do what's needed to 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 really just be a, a stopper. Um, and they did that. And then offensively they had it clicking all cylinders. And so. Uh, they deserve to win the series. At the end of the day, they 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 definitely deserve to to win the series, and it'll be interesting to see um, again what happened with the Rockets and and how the Lakers move forward um, in the Western uh, Conference Finals. But Hulk, the scary part about it is the struggles that they had against the Lakers. They had those same struggles against the Thunder, and if it wasn't for a block from James Harden on Lou Lou Doric, they possibly would have went home in the very first round. Yeah, um, I get. I've seen stranger things happen during the course of games, <laughs> and uh, you know the the fact the Rockets had a chance and they advanced. Uh, I don't think they made the most out of it. And yes, uh, Westbrook was hurt. Uh, I think that he was just more so. He didn't have any rhythm, you know. We coming back from an injury, and you know he's still going, you know, a hundred miles per hour like he always does. And I think that you know because of he was trying to maybe fit in um and and be productive you know it 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 wasn't the the best way for the for the team and obviously he he had some struggles um but again I, I definitely don't put the the blame on Russ I mean the rest of the team they they had to show up and um it was just unfortunate that they didn't going back to where do the Houston Rockets go from here? Look, it could be a variety of things. But me personally I think that the Rockets should look into just hitting the reset button. Because I honestly do believe that this era, I think this era hit its ceiling. Um, And the only way you can go from here is just down. So, but, I mean, hey, it's Fatita, maybe Daryl Morey, I don't know. But the way this team is constructed, we know they're going to have to do something to bring in, you know, a big or, or, or something. But... When you look at the coaches who are out there, and let's say if the Rockets do want to, you know, just touch up their roster and keep their two all-stars and and still go for it, who out there on the market do you think would be a good coach for this team? Well, I I don't know too many coaches that are available, but I've always been a Mark Jackson fan. Um, I've seen Mark obviously a few times um, just in my, my NBA world. Um, I think that, you know, he's a, a experienced um, coach, but he's more so an experienced player. I mean, you, you got to have someone that can relate to players. Uh, I think that's why Steve Kerr um, did so well his first couple of years, um, you know, never coached before. But um, the fact that he was uh, a player, you know, a lot of a lot of players can, can relate to a, a player coach. So I, I would like Mark Jackson. I know he's probably not even maybe even thought about it right now. Uh, I know Chauncey Billups. I know he's interested in, uh, you know, getting a, a run of being an NBA coach. Um, I think they just need something totally different from what they've already had. And I and I agree. Um, to be honest with you, Mark Jackson is possibly my second candidate I would like to see, only because 
James Harden's style of play is, you know, it is similar to Steph. And we saw what he was able to do with that Warriors team. And, you know, there is unfortunate that there was literally one year away from a breaking through. Um, I, I, I have seen some people talk about Chauncey Billups. I saw some people even mention Sam Cassell. I'm not too kind on those names because they never really held a head coaching position, especially Chauncey Billups. Um, but the one guy I would like to see the Rockets go after is Tyron Lue. And yeah. I say Tyron Lue because, one, I saw a couple of people was like, why Tyron Lue? Why Tyron Lue? Look, Ty- Lue has a lot of respect around this league. And I feel that the Rockets not only need someone who could come in and coach this team from an X and O standpoint, but they need someone to handle James Harden and Russ. And you need to make sure that whoever you bring in has their respect and 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 a coach who can handle yeah you need a coach that can handle their superstars the, the fact that he's coached Braun before yeah the fact that he coached Braun and even worse the fact that he coached Kyrie Irving you need someone who can who's able to handle their personnel and you know when you take a look at the great coaches of all times like a Phil Jackson like a Greg Popovich like a um, Pat Riley and all these other guys, they had players that they that they really had to make sure, okay, you have to coach them just a not 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 different from the guy from the end of the bench, but you have to be able to take on their personality as well. And that is the main reason why I want to see Tyron Lou come to Houston because I feel like he would be not only only a player who can run X and O's really good, not only a player who can handle their personalities but a player who would actually have the respect of those two guys because it start with Russell Westbrook and James Harden if they're on the team, which, I mean, even though I'm calling for a full rebuild, I do believe both of them will still be on the team next year. But I feel you need a coach that's going to demand their respect more than anything. That's the main reason why I want to see Teron Lou. I think he is that coach that might be able to take this team. Of course, you're going to have to change some things. It's 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 a play. It's is he he's a coach that's going to be able to help take this team possibly over the hump. Um, yeah. but we we shall see, Hog. We shall see. I'm frustrated, but I'm not surprised because I knew this was going to happen. Um, I knew the Rockets were going to not only get eliminated. They like it's the Rockets never get eliminated. It's like they always get embarrassed when they get eliminated. It's always something. It's always something. Yeah, that's that's the name of the game. You get to, to the playoffs. I mean, the stars have to be lined up. Um, you have to be able to, you know, uh, wake up on the right side of the bed. I mean, it's it's so many <laughs> factors that have to 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 be there in order to advance, but just to to maintain some um, consistency. Because the player, the teams that, that are most consistent, those are the teams that that not only win but they advance. And mm-hmm. the more consistent you are, the more you win, and the more you get, you know, closer you get to the championship. So, a lot of things have to be in place. And when you got certain people on your team and bringing people to the bubble, and you're not supposed to be in the bubble, and hey, it's it's the unfortunate thing can happen, and that's everything that 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 went wrong that could have went wrong for the, for the Rockets did go wrong. And that's why uh, they'll be going fishing uh, this summer. 
With all that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, Rockets Insider for SB Nation. And remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24, Hawk. Yes, Joaquin Hawkins. Uh, you can follow me at Coach Hawk 247. That is Coach Hawk 247 on Instagram. You can check me out on Facebook, Joaquin Hawkins, along with my youth basketball program, Hawk Hoops Basketball. We are in for a very interesting offseason. Nobody knows what's going to happen here in Houston. Not only Hawk and myself, Kelly Eco don't know, Jonathan Fee don't know. Wolves don't know. <laughs> Nobody nope. really knows, no one knows what is going to happen with the Houston Rockets. But whatever happens, please be sure to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. As Hawk and myself keep you guys up to date on everything that goes on this offseason. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.